0: Um, to kingdom conversations with Blessing Lee, I am really excited about today's uh, time together. We're going to look at some interesting things. I think that the topic today is is a conversation about prophetic seeds becoming a true kingdom seeker. And later on, when my brother Pastor Joe Henry joins, we'll look into exploring the power of true sonship. So those are just some of the topics that we will have off the cuff, and we'll see where it goes. And I think you all know how the drill goes when it begins as a party of one, is that I'm going to just talk a little bit about a couple of these different topics. We're going to listen to scriptures or however it is that the flow goes. Miss Geraldine, I'm so glad to see you. And uh, then we're going to just kind of get into it. You interact, and we'll do roll call. Let us know you're here, because we'd like to give you that shout out and say hi to you. And uh, let's go ahead and open in prayer, and then we will get right into this. Father, I thank you so much for the power of your word and the love that you encapsulate us with it within. I thank you for the uh, the blessing of being able to be called a son of God, for being able to be a sheep that hears your voice and does not follow the voice of a stranger. and I thank you for that beautiful. Uh, journey that you introduced us to that begins with seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that pertains to life and godliness and all things are added to us by you and so I yield to you today Holy Spirit so that you lead this conversation they're always Holy Spirit led conversations you give us topics or titles and then you open it up to Reveal to us what it is that you want us to learn, to to eat, to receive. We thank you for this time with you and with each other, in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so um, I want to start this off. It's a con- it's a conversation about prophetic seeds. Sunday, I had the opportunity to listen to the Spirit of the Lord uh, in our sur- our gathering. And we were talking about uh, the power of a prophetic word. We were actually talking about how you are led by the spirit and by the word of God, but that there are words that he releases into our lives. And yet, if we, we don't understand sometimes how to have that word manifest, uh, I'll I'll be, more, um, I'll be a little more specific about that. There are people that live, go from place to place, prophet to prophet, or anybody that has hands that are greased enough to, to lay them on themselves because, or lay them on because they want a word from the Lord and they are hungry for a word from the Lord. I remember hearing uh Dr. Kenneth Hagan and others say, if you want a word from the Lord, there's a... um 66 books that are all gathered together that are just filled, chalk filled with words from the Lord because God has spoken and still talks and he still, his word is current and it's relevant. And so, but they want to hear something, I guess, uh, to know, am I on the right track or does he even know my name? I mean, there's so many different reasons and I'm not knocking anybody that's in pursuit of a word, but honestly, when you really want a word from God, you do open your Bible. That is uh the best way to do it. So if I'm having sound issues, I will just switch over. So um let me just try this one more time. Sometimes we do have technical difficulties and we're doing these wonderful uh things that we do prayerfully not. But uh we'll see. Um <clears throat> so let me know Joe if there if there's an issue with the sound uh on your end too. Uh, so what I want to say, though, is when you are in pursuit, thank you, when you're in pursuit of a a word, just because, as opposed to because you need one, you're collecting them, and you're not going to hear. If you're not hearing the first one, you won't hear the second or the third. And when it's a word that you're seeking from God, it's going to be consistent with what is written in the Bible. It will be consistent with the witness of the Holy Spirit leading you and showing you. We're going to use scripture for this. And I want to use uh, Mark chapter four. And that's where we're going to uh, kind of hone in. It's it's one of my favorite places to camp, I think, uh, because I I love verse 14, which says that the sower sows the word. But the Bible says here, uh, there is the parable of the sower, which is talking about how a seed was planted. But there's also the purpose of the parables. And the parable of the growing seed, all of those things are are in this uh, one chapter, which only has 41 verses. Okay, but Jesus packs a whole lot within that. And one of the things is, is when he talks about how a sower went out to sow a word, this is Mark uh, chapter four, verse three, and that the sower went out to sow and Uh, So as as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside, and some of uh, it was eaten up, it was devoured. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. There's so many teachings on this because there's so many. There's, uh, I mean, it, it's just a feast uh, for the Spirit. But I'm going to focus in on it from let's just look at what the seed is because in verse 14 again, he says, The sower sows the word. And the word is seed. And the seed enters into your heart. Your heart is the ground. And so when Jesus is talking about all these different things, he's talking about a, a prepared heart, an unprepared heart versus a prepared one. And many times, when those words come, they really come to begin to make a demand. Now, I could start listing different teachers, even just within loving unity, that teach on different aspects of this. you kind of pull all of it together and it starts to really work well for instance, Apostle John Hughes wrote a book that is uh, talks about the see the pro, uh, the process and the uh, the promise. And in it, the middle part—it's the process. The process, some of us say, but that—that that he's talking about—it fits right here. Um, Prophet Andrew um, Gonzalez teaches about righteousness, and he teaches about how righteousness makes a demand upon you, and 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 it makes a demand upon the things that that are of God that that cause the other things to start to leave you to depart from you. That's a, a real synopsis of it okay and and then there is um apostle baker who actually comes on after me today and she's right now she's even teaching on just the word prosperity and yet the condition of it and being prosperity and what is she talking about she's talking about the fruit of the seed of the word and how it comes to fruition so they're talking about when it's planted and uh, the rest of them as well. But those three just come to mind just to kind of pull because I I pull from and I still eat from, I eat from the things that the Senior Council uh, releases in those convergences. And and you can catch them online and and, and their uh, various programs and the things that are said here on Kingdom First TV. But here, let's look at this. So the process has begun that the seed has been planted, but the ground, that, that the heart that we had um, this prophetic word has been spoken. There's a woman in red and she's standing over there and let's come up here or hello. My name is such and such. And as I was sitting here ministering and you came to my heart and the father wanted me to express this word. There's so many different ways. And we're not talking about the showboating. We're talking about the release of a true word from the Lord. Many times it comes because you've been praying and you open up your word and and he starts to speak and it, it, it flourishes in your heart. You may be in a prayer group. It may be at your church. It may be that you went someplace. It might be sitting on an airplane. I don't know how it came about for you. And, and it was a word that was maybe a word within a word. You were listening or reading where the Lord was talking to somebody else. But then as you read that or heard it, you got a, 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 a beating in your heart that it just started saying, wait a minute, now he's talking to me about this. It might have been in the dream that you awakened and the interpretation was very clear to you or the instructions or the voice of the Lord. Uh, spoke to you and, and made it clear to you. But in all of these cases, the condition of our hearts determines the degree to which we will begin to see the manifestation of this word. I, uh, I, how do I say that? The beginning here where Jesus said, the sower went out to sow, the word was released the, the 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 prophetic word of God, the, the 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 words that were speaking, the instructions of the Lord went out, and as it came to pass, they were sown into the hearts of many. And for some of us who are too much steeped into the world, or in fear, or in in our beliefs uh, of a certain manner in which God can talk to us, that condition of the heart is the wayside, and so the fowls of the air the prince of the power of the air, the distractions of social media, the distractions of whatever things it happens to be caused that word to be devoured. And so you heard a word or you there was a word that was spoken for you, but it, it did not penetrate anything within your heart or in your life. And the devouring of it was not them taking, stealing that word from you. It was the fact that the word itself was not able to, the seed was not, did not take root in you at that time. Did it disappear? No. Did the word of God go away? No. Remember this principle, what the Lord says, my word does not return to me unfulfilled. So see, there's hope. That word is still there in the realm of the spirit. The thing is, is that you and that word have not made a connection as of yet. It has not been able to bear anything in you. So it, 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 you could call it dormant. Uh, if you want to, and I'm not a, a gardener or a farmer or any of that type of stuff, so I don't try to push this thing out too far. But I, I'm speaking not, uh, I'm speaking of a spiritual process, and so this is this is what we want you to understand. This is the thing. And again, I'm doing roll call. so if you're here, let me know that you're here. I know I'm talking to Mr Geraldine, which is always a joy. Uh, but if there's any of the rest of you are out there. Let us know if you happen to catch this on a rebroadcast, still uh, type your name in and let me know because we do go back sometime, you know, and to, uh, to respond to this. All right. So the stony ground, this is your hard heart. This is a refusal to change. This is a thing where it's like, yeah, I want the prophetic word, but if, if it's God, he's just going to have to do it. No, 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 no. And, uh, might I say, no, it is not. If it's God, he's just going to have to do it. It calls for the cooperation of you and me to yield to the voice of the spirit of God and to do the things that he uh, is desiring for us to do. Hi, Angela. Nice to see you. So um, this is what, what, what you understand. If it fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth. So this is where some of us, you know, will go, hey, yeah, I got the chance to see this or. This happened, and you think, wow, I think that the Lord spoke a prophetic word to me, and it seemed like some things were happening, but then all of a sudden, it, it just went away. So you got the start of something, but not enough of it that had power for it to it to change you. That means that you got a taste of something, but you're still surface. Now, let me tie in becoming a true kingdom seeker with what I'm talking about right now. Because scripture tells you, Matthew 6, and I believe it's also Luke 8 or it's in Luke, is, uh, Luke 12, is it? Um, but seek first, seek the kingdom, seek the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and all of the other things pertaining to life. These things will be added to you. And he's not saying it like, you know, if you seek the kingdom, then you'll get a house. If you seek the kingdom, then you'll get a spouse or a car or this or that. That's not what it is saying. It's saying there are so many other things to add to you. There is this benefit package, absolutely. There is a plan more so than it is the benefits, more so than it's just all the goody good stuff. It is the plan and the heart's desire of God, the crafting of your life that he has and he has a desire. And he's saying the instructions for all of this to start to come into alignment and for you to really be able to Uh, to to know that this is why you were born and this is why you were in the earth. It actually has to do with you, the moment with the kingdom became the primary, the most important part of your life, more so than your own desires for yourself, that your plan gave way to God's plan who said, I know the plan that I have. I know what I created you for. I know why I divinely designed you. Uh, all of those things start to, to come into it and they, they cease to be just expressions, but uh, but they become an impression to us. It becomes something that's pressed into us that we then press into. And so here he is saying, uh, this this is what he has and this is what he desires and this is what he's called us to and sometimes we kind of blow that you know i mean we we look at it and we think to ourselves well okay but <coughs> excuse me but but we have a failure to manifest again because we want things done the way that we want them done and we just seem to have not realized that we're not god You have creative abilities, but it's his creative abilities. Let's make man in our image after our likeness. What he never said is let's make man and then let's mold ourselves to be just like man. See, that's not written anywhere in the word of God. It seems to be written in the heart on the hearts of the unregenerate, but it's not something that God has ever said. He never said, I want to make you. And then I want to be just like you. He said, I made you to be like me. Now that just kicks it in a little bit to where you can start to see the inroads to how the power of sonship is going to work in your life because it's connected, a prophetic seed. We are the fruition of a prophetic seed. God planted us in the earth for him to bring us forth, for us to flourish, for us. it's—it's—it. It, 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 we get it wrong so often because we seem to be under the impression that we our, us living these lives is doing God a favor. And that is so not true. We're not doing God any favors at all. You know, he has favored us, but we're not doing him any favors. And he has graced us. We, we're not, you know, it's, it's just, it's a twist that has to be untwisted. Because our whole purpose in being here is that God has a divine design, a plan, a pleasure, a, a joy in our existence. And he wants us to succeed. He is never um, wanting us to fail at anything other than sin. I want you to fail at being being able to be evil. I want you to fail at, 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 at expressing any entity other than himself. God is interested in replicating us, in letting the world see his goodness and his grace and his power. They need to see his power. They need to see his deliverance. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord and to spend all that time worshiping and thanking him and so forth and so on. But there has to be uh, in the midst of that, there must be an outflow. There must be an expression of his power because there are always going to be people that have need of deliverance. There must be an expression of his of power goodwill. Uh, you know, we gather up. We he enriches us, gives us all things to richly enjoy for the purpose of spreading it around. I it's great if you got your Mercedes or your Rolls Royce or your big house or your this or your that. There is nothing whatsoever wrong with that. I don't think God's giving us little huts, you know, uh, in the kingdom that you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm the big daddy God, but you know, I don't want you to have. So no, there's nothing wrong with that. What what's wrong is if we look to anybody else to be our source for it. You see, when God gives it, he keeps it. He maintains it. He supplies everything that you have need of. When we do it for ourselves, we're always digging into the wrong resources in order to try to keep it. We spend money that doesn't belong to, it's not assigned to shoot your wealth promotion over there. It's a sign for you to help to promote somebody else. There is the things that God causes to happen for us, but then He causes things to happen for us for us to then to work through us to also cause things to happen for others. And so you understand that that's about the that, that has to do with the prophetic seed. When this man or this woman, this person begins, when Jesus is teaching about this. And he says that the multitude, you know, that he says that um, the 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 seed that fell and it didn't have any depth. If you are still all about you, and the only reason that you want to get anything from God is so that you can brag about what God did for you, but you're never looking at the others, then then you have you have a hard heart, and and so the seed is still. it's going to wither away you're not going to have you don't have depth of earth you're not rooted in this and so if the roots are not there then you're not being fed from the source you're only looking at the surface the circumstances you live circumstantially so you won't be able to maintain and then when it says that some fell among the thorns and again the thorns and it choked it and it yielded no fruit that's a stubbornness that's a rebellion. That's a refusal to change. That's a refusal to do things the way that God said and He can give me everything that I want, but I'm going to do it the way that I see it it'd be fit to do. And if you just look at the stages of chi- raising a child, you can see all of these different things in there. Mine, 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 and that's mine too. Or I want baba and I want it now. And I want this and I want that. So all of the demands that you see the childishness And it's also the behavior of somebody that does not like to be told no. And so the tantrums may come or this may come or that come. It doesn't face God. It doesn't move God. It doesn't change heaven. Okay. So when we do all of these different things and we say, you know what, I have, I have I have nothing to do with God. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't do because he doesn't do it my way. He doesn't love me because he doesn't do things the way I I said that I expected him to do it and it didn't happen that way. So I don't think that there's any, you know, he has I I don't really have any use for him. Uh, It's better for me to just get my tail kicked by the devil, you know, because at least I can trust him to be whatever it is people are saying. So you understand that. you're just wrong. Okay. So <laughs> you are just straight up wrong. You, you, you really have no concept because God has never sung the song. I want to be your sugar daddy. He's not singing that song. And, and it's not, it's not in his uh, it's, it's not in the, in the choir book. <laughs> okay. Not of heaven. So, um, but Jesus told us, he says, but other fell on the seed that fell on good ground, a prepared heart, a heart that is going through the hardships, a heart that goes through these other stages and says, you know what? I have been um, unyielding. I have been thorny. I have been selfish. I have been hard. I have been rebellious, but I choose not to be those things anymore. The ground is being broken up for that seed to start to do what it does. It goes deep into the ground and it dies and it, it starts to change the soil. And that's why I say, even though some of that had withered away, soil of your heart gets changed the entrance of his word brings light to you and then allowing his word to start to dwell in us causes the heart our condition of our heart to change we begin to get a want to oh i'm not telling you that instantly you become just perfect and obedient and all that other stuff i don't know what your journey is Uh but i can tell you this i can tell you that as the word of god enters into us and and it it starts to germinate and it starts to to uh represent itself reproduce itself it starts to change the soil and so we become like wow i got that one word from god and now all of a sudden it's like another part of that same word can come in because you're going to find it's the same word it has different pieces to it but it's connected that prophetic thing that he's saying. And the more all of a sudden I want to see the kingdom, I want to see things happening from the kingdom of God perspective more so than I want to see things just happening from the earth. I start to live from the supernatural place. I start to want others to know him for who he is, jealousy starts to die away. I don't become ambitious to be somebody in the body of Christ because I already am. And those are some of the things that start, your mind just starts to change. The clarity, the ability to see things the way that he says things instead of the way we want to see. I will repeat my statement. We begin to see things the way he says things. Instead of putting our own spin and our own interpretation on the things that the Spirit of God is saying. And that's going to become very, very important for us to do in order for us to move into the the areas of what we have become, which is sons. Let me get this last little part before my brother joins me. It says that when Jesus was asked afterwards, and I'm looking at verse 10, Mark chapter 4. And when he was alone, they that are, were about him with the 12, it was not the 12 disciples. And I love pointing this out. It was not the 12 that asked him these questions, it was the others that were invited to come. You see, so Jesus was not so exclusive. The door was open. <coughs> Excuse me, the door was open for others to come and to, to glean from him they were like i want to know more about what you're talking about i w- i have questions about that sermon they were not in a hurry to go get the sandwiches or the donuts or the cookies or whatever it was because they had an opportunity you could say after a performance after stage they got to go backstage they had a backstage pass and they're like i'm not I, i'm not bothered by all that stuff i have an opportunity i want to ask you something and what they asked him was Uh, what does this parable really mean? Now, the 12 are already there, but this was the 13 and the 14 and the 15 and on and on it goes. And they're asking him, what is it that you're saying exactly? Can you take us through what you just did, explaining about the seed being sown and, and, and open this up? And Jesus said, Unto you, verse Mark four eleven is the first. I, I love this verse. Unto you, he said. To who? Was he talking to Peter and James? Of course, but it was extended beyond them. And he said to you, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those that are outside, those that have not come into the circle, those that are not seeking the kingdom, Unto them, though that all these things are done in parables, it will always just be. Oh, did you hear that word? That was so interesting the way that he said that. And I, I didn't really understand it, but it was so great because you know it's Jesus and he was so wonderful. And they, I got a word from God. Let me go back to that. I got a word from God, and it's really great, and all I know is he's going to make my name greater. All I know is that he's going to open up doors for me. All I know is that one day I'm going to be really somebody. All I know is this, that, and the other. I got a word. It was a parable, but I did not come to the next level to ask him, what does this mean? Would you open this up? And he says, now to you who come backstage, you who come after the limelight, after all of the show is over and you want to know you're coming to the source, you're coming to me and you're asking me, what are you talking about? He says, now I'm gonna start giving you the key to unlock this prophetic word that what's going to happen is I'm going to show you how the process that you're going to go through is going to work and you're going to be prepared ground to be able to receive more and more of this until you are firmly um, it is so firmly established in you That the way that you were when it was first said, because what was the purpose of the word? To bring change to you, to bring you and me into conformity to the will of God, to prepare us for the plan that God has for us. It was never a prophetic word just to tell you you were going to have a husband or a wife or a car. There was a purpose that was connected to it. Or even a baby, because you see, as soon as the womb—I I heard a prophet say this—and it really went off in me. Whenever there's a prophetic word that is spoken about a child being uh, uh, coming, especially to a barren woman, then the womb has just been given its purpose. You are to bear children. And the womb comes alive because the will of God has been done. So all of the blood, all of the cellular structure, everything within that human body starts to conform to the will of God. There's somebody there and you're watching. It's like you were told you couldn't do, you couldn't do. But as soon as you get that word from God, oh no, there is a baby. Oh no, there is a business. Oh yes, there is a mate. Oh yes, there's this. Then the purpose has just been spoken, has been pronounced prophetically. And it is being told to you to get you into the place of preparation and to receive. So the last thing that I want to say, take that and say, what do you mean by that? Ask the questions. Ask the questions. Let's go to the Father. Let's find out. The Spirit of the Lord is here to tell you what he means by that. But some of you, you've been dormant. It's It's been empty. It's been barren. But this prophetic word today, this teaching, even this conversation we're having right now is opening you up to the possibilities that the words that you have been speaking for so long have closed off, closed you off. But God called for this to be opened again for hope to pour in, to bring healing on your inside parts. No matter what the doctors tell you cannot be, no matter what bankers or lawyers or anybody else says, it is not possible the God of the possible says, oh, yeah, I can turn these things around. In fact, it's written down in the plan that I have for you that the very thing will be turned. So these are the things that Jesus was saying. And the when he talked about uh, the rest of this, about how is this word working? Um, how does the seed, the kingdom of God, this is verses 26, 27. And Joe, Henry, get ready. He says, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. And he doesn't know how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. That's the prophetic word. And that's how it does it. You don't know how it happens. But once you receive it as being so. And then you receive the fact that the Spirit of God wants to take you through the process, just like Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days after the baptism, after all the other things, Did the Bible says to be tempted of the devil, but the Holy Spirit led him, which means to be trained by the Spirit of God to withstand every work of darkness that would ever come against him. And you have to recognize that when he came out of that and he went into the temple and all the things that he did from that time forward, he never failed. To listen to God, to obey the voice of the Father, to be the obedient son. And isn't it interesting how we can read these parables and then we find out that there is we're gonna take this and then just have this thought. What is the power, the, the the power of true sonship? Because you see it in here, in this word. And I, I wonder, as I've said all that, if my brother wants to come in. And just have a talk with me and just kind of take it into some other places. So uh, whenever you're ready, there you go. Come on, bro. There's Pastor Joe Henry. Hey. Hello. What do you think? <laughs> Welcome, by the way.
1: Wow. <laughs> that, this is one of those you got to go back and rewatch and then rewatch <laughs> again and then go back again one more and time notes. to grab everything. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have to do that too. But what do you think? Because doesn't that lead to true sonship? I mean, really, when we're seeing the power of true sonship, it was in there.
1: Yeah? Yeah. It it was. And and you know I want I wanted to say this cuz one of the hinges I should say or, you know, or you know, we talk about foundational things, one of the hinges is identity and understanding who you are. If you don't understand who you are, then all those words are just words. Um, if you don't understand, you know, the, the identity part, then, then you, we're, you you know, you're just walking to where, I don't know, but you're just walking. But when you understand your identity, when you understand who you are, therein lies the power. Uh, I posted something on Facebook uh, the other day that said the enemy is not after your ability, but he's after your identity. He attacks your identity because if he can get you to question or doubt who you are, then he's already has a, uh, he already has a, 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 what what is the word? I just had the word in my head too. He, he has a, a, uh, a step up on you already to mess up whatever it is that God has already tried to put together. Because if he can get you to question that, then you spend all your time questioning that or trying to prove uh, your worth or trying to prove who you are. But when you understand that you are a son, then you no longer have to work for whatever it is. Whatever You don't have to work for that word. That word, God will see that come to pass. You don't have to work for it. I'm not a slave. I'm not an orphan. And I don't work towards, uh, and, and I'll even say this, I don't work towards even trying to get a word. I know that my father has my best interest. And when he needs to speak to me, to give me direction, to give me wisdom, or to let me know that there's an open door because I'm being dumb and I can't see it, then I know that He will, because He's my Father and He loves me. I'm not trying to work toward saying, "Let me do this. Uh, let me, let me, let me do this performance, so I can see if my Father will t- tell me something." I don't have to do that.
0: No, you the don't. The power
1: lies in our identity, on knowing who we are.
0: Yeah, it is, and hey, you know, knowing who our spiritual parents are, we surely don't need to. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm not looking for Apostle Baker or Apostle with Masters to tell me (laughs) like I got to. would like to talk to you. Oh Lord, (laughs) now look our brother Ryan. He's 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 cheering you on, but um, (laughs) but you know it. I love what you said because that ties so much into Mark chapter four, where there is that word that was so, and it is a word of identity. It is a word to identify you. And yet the, the, the um, association of darkness, the, the being used to darkness or being used to being in control or what, or what we think of as, as control, it causes us to express the demonic and to reject that identity again. And I, I mean, I, I'm looking at, I'm going to keep pointing at everything you say. It's like, yeah, it's right there. You can see it. I mean, the seed of identity, this is who you are. Oh, no, that's not me. Oh, no, not me. I, I can't. Uh, hmm, that's interesting. I can't do this or I can't do that. Uh, you know, oh, no, not me, Lord. I, I, I know surely you must mean somebody else. And that's that that same kind of thing. But you talk about, you know, when you t- I've heard you teaching on some of the Zooms recently or I haven't heard you. I haven't been there, but I do know that you've been there. And um, you have such a wonderful connection. I I think even with being able to say, "Okay, I've been born into this or born again into this, entered into this covenant relationship. And now I am a son. So can you give people pointers even or thinking about it? Like, how is it that it's so easy for you to just decide, "Okay, yes, I'm a son and to choose to walk in it?
1: Uh, Second, I read this this last week and it it just gave me a, a, a bump again. Uh, to remind me but second peter chapter 1 verse 3 says everything and this is out of the passion translation's one of my favorite translations i know everybody has their own favorites you know i just like the passion cuz maybe i'm a poetic guy or they say passion brings it in a nice flowy uh, terminology but it says this in first second uh, peter uh, chapter 1 verse 3 everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. I've always been one. I I study history of all different kinds, cultures, even I'm starting even now. And it's interesting even more to go into the church history and, and just the history of, of, you know, of everything that we're doing, the history of the kingdom and going back to the beginning. But I look at, uh you know american history in particular and there's so much search or i mean even going back even into the reason being you know you, you go back into uh, the world wars and the reason being it was all for power all for you know we want all of this and and i go to that scripture and and god is giving it to us right there he says i have given you Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness, it's already been deposited within you by my divine power. And, and I and, and I love when it goes down into verse four, and he says, "And as a result, I've given you magnificent promises." Going back into the prophetic seeds, even I've given you these promises that are beyond. Price So that through the power of these promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. There's your immortality. (laughs) You can escape the corrupt desires of the world and be a partner with the divine nature. And he's already given you, he's already deposited those things that you need for that life and godliness. He's already given it to you. So I don't have to chase, I don't have to chase or do any of those things that's already been inside me, but I have to understand who I am.
0: I like that. You know, something else that you, when you're looking at that, I don't, um, the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires. So the corrupt desires are there. But remember the scripture also says, no temptation comes upon you, except those things which are common to man. But God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to deliver you out of all of those different things. Um, and here, I'm seeing here that this, this corresponds to that, that the divine nature of God has been in partnership with the divine nature of God causes us to escape the corrupt desires. And who can partner with the divine nature of God except those that have his nature within us? And and yet it's I, I guess what I'm saying is so many of us we live out from the outside to the in. And so we live according to what we what is visible to the natural eye. But that's not true sonship. That's 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 kind of a bastardized kind of thing. It's somebody that feels that the only way that I can know that my father loves me is by what he does for me. And that doesn't line up. Because the truth is, we know he loves us because he said so. And once we start to take that training, then when he says you're my son, which we are, and there's no question of it, I think some people think they get born again, and they now they have to like sonship is now something that they have to attain. It's, Go on. It's,
1: it's some people act like God puts them on parole or probation, like like if they have to walk around with this strap around their leg that that God is looking at them for every single thing. But I, even in I was just going through something right now in Hebrews chapter ten, uh, verse twenty. He has given us a new life giving way for us to approach him for just as the veil was torn into Jesus's body was torn open. And here's this to give us free and fresh access to him. I don't God, you know, when when I'm working here in the building, uh, I don't have to call my father. I don't have to call Apostle Eddie and say, hey, can I open the door to go into this room? Because I need to go use the printer, or you know, can I go in? Can I use this uh, computer that's in the sanctuary? Uh, and I, I don't have to do that because why? He's given me a key, and that key, or or even I'll say this, I'll I'll use this. He's given me keys, and these keys open every door that's in this building. He's given me that free access that I can go. And do what it is that I need to do in order to keep this network moving and flowing and have all the broadcasters. I have the access to do it. He's given me the power to do it. I don't have to go and call him. He's not, I'm not on probation. I'm not on parole. I am free. And that is the power of sonship.
0: I would be amazed at the look you would get from him if you kept walking behind. Can I use this key? Would it be okay for me to use this key? (laughs) It's like kind of looking at you like, I'm not gonna forget where I came from, but boy.
1: And and here's the thing, day one, he gave me the keys. Come
0: on. Hello.
1: Day one. one. See, it wasn't a 30-day trial period, none of that (laughs) stuff. It was day one. Here's the keys. Okay, now you gotta do what you need to do. You got the access.
0: Right. And then he's walking alongside of you as you use the key saying, hey, let me show you when you go into this room, other things that you can learn to grow you. And I know, and you know, and everybody else should know, his desire is for you to excel at all these things until you get to the day that you're able to give a set of keys to someone else, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, that is so on. That's why we ask you things about sunshine. Um, so, like I said, the other scripture, I go. it was 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in case I forgot to, to mention, I was quoting it more amplified Bible, uh, AMPC. But I'm going to go back to what you said here in Hebrews 10, um, that he has dedicated, now, come on, dedicated a new life, giving way. So, it's like breaking a bottle open and saying, this is dedicated to you, this way to do things. Nobody's ever been human other than humans you know there's not an animal in the place that has ever been human so <clears throat> it's not it's not possible for the birds it's not possible for the bees it's not possible for any of those things to be able to teach us a thing uh, uh, about it right um and i'm sure when apostle baker's program comes on right after this one that she's probably you know talking about that too because she's teaching about we are prosperity so i'm looking at this and i'm seeing that it, it's saying um this new life giving way for us to approach God. But there is a, there's something in there. You've got to do it. You can have the key. I've got lots of keys, but if I don't ever try to insert it in that lock and go in, if the keys are not doing me any good other than me going around and let's go back to that prophetic word saying, I've got a lot of work. Oh yeah. I got, I got, I got a whole binder full of prophetic words that were ever spoken about me and none of them have ever come to pass. Why? Because you never used the key to go back. You never used the key called sonship to go back to that word and go to your father with it and say, what is it that you want to do? Because seeking the kingdom became secondary possibly to having a word. And, that, and that, that's the difference. I think that that's the real Different, um, and it's like no, you didn't get. What was the purpose of the word? What was the purpose of it? Well, I don't know why. Because going through the process would teach you how to glean from it. And going through the process, when you say, "Yeah, I want this word." Oh yeah, I, let's do this one. It's so popular. Um, the Lord, to all the single ladies and all the single men, because it's got to be both or <laughs> that's what's going to happen, but that the Lord has promised them a mate. Well, actually, did he promise you a mate or did he tell you that you had one because he has a purpose for it? See, there's a difference. Are you willing to be changed to have that? Or I, 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 You're going to, the, the wealth is coming, you are prosperity and wealth is going to accompany you then are you willing to be changed internally to reflect that place, to be recognizable as the son of God that carries that wealth? Because in all things, and I'll go back to what you said, identity is, is what how we're recognized. They, I think, I personally think, because I, I like, you know, I think that the blessings that are assigned to us have also been given a detailed description of what we look like. And most of us don't look, it's it's like people that lie on those online profiles. You know, this is what I look like. And um, you know, you go and you look at the picture and you look at the person and you look at the picture and you look at the person and you look past the person and keep going looking for the person in the picture. Because people have lied so much about what they really look like. That you can't, they don't recognize themselves either. And I think that the blessings and the things they're assigned to us, it, it's not just, oh, God bless me with money. No, God assigned money to you. God assigned it to you because you are prosperity, because you are wealth, because you are healing, because you are, uh, you, we are everything that he is. But I don't know that we, I, I, I don't know where anybody is on their level in terms of really knowing this to the place that you submit to it. I mean, submit to the knowledge that God is giving you to let him continue the work in you. Take it away, brother.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, God, he's already, uh, you you, you said this, you said that he's already assigned it to us. And I'll say this, you know, God has, it's like a, a living trust. People have those living trust. And when something happens, you know, some people put, you know, such and such has to happen before you're allowed to, to get that. See, all that that God has for you, it's already in that living trust. It's already there. It's spoken in the word. But here's the stipulation. You need to do it. You need to You need to walk in it. You need to understand who you are. And then you need, like you said, to take that key and open that door. Some people are holding the keys, but they're standing there holding the keys, looking at the keys and saying, okay, what does this do? (laughs) And and they they neglect to to put the key in the door. And then they got some people that are just so happy they got the keys and they're going around telling everybody, I got the keys, I got the keys. I got the keys and they wait 60 years and they forget that they got the keys in their hand. Cause they're still saying, I got the keys, I got the keys. And, and we, we get foggy in a sense in that we, we, we uh, pronounce more of the blessing and, and, uh, or should I say praise the blessing more than what we're looking at the process. Okay. What is he trying to get to us? Because there's so much more than just that, than just that word. And I go back even to doing that exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. You know, because when I get a word, maybe I might have something in my mind, but God says, no, it's, it's bigger than that. It's more than that. And and I even now look generationally, it goes beyond me. You know, when I get a word about, uh, you know, prosperity or saying something, I remember I got a word about, you know, finances and And, you know, such and such was said, and I'm thinking, wow. And then God said, you know, that's not just for you. I'm looking at things beyond you. See, I don't just want to take care of you, but I'm going to take care of your sons and your sons' sons and and keep it going. That's exceedingly abundantly above all. But if I don't take that key and walk through that door, then I'm missing it then I'm missing it. And, and here's yeah. the confidence of God. Back in Going back to my Hebrews chapter 10, and I was okay. reading in verse 20 when he talks about the dedication of the new life-giving way to approach God. But going before that, even in verse 19, uh, when he talks about we're now brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood, and he, here's the confidence of God. He welcomes us to come into the sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly Boldly and and without hesitation hesitation. yeah that's the confidence that god has in you that he will allow you to come in and welcome you with open arms boldly and without hesitation and he gives you those keys boldly and without hesitation saying use them here are the keys to the kingdom notice even in, in I was reading before when we were talking about I, when I was talking about identity on in the book of Mark and Jesus is asking the disciples, well, who do you say that I am that I am? And he was trying to get them to understand identity. And he and he asked Peter, Now, who do you say I am? Because the disciples <laughs> were saying, well, some saying you're Paul, some saying this, some saying that. And he asked Peter, well, who do you say that I am? What do you know about identity? And Peter says, well, you're the Messiah. And meaning you're the son of the living God. And then he pronounces the blessing. And he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven.
0: And do you know something else about it? to
1: understand the identity.
0: The identity that the way he understood it. Because I think about the fact that he said, some said that you're this. Well, Jesus didn't respond to that. And others say this. Well, all of that was rejected. Why? Because, no, that's not me. And so, you know, now since we're, as you said, so who do you say? Ah, yeah. See, you're describing me. That is me. And so the fact that he knows his own identity and then it's asked somebody else, but do you see me? Because if you see me, then you'll see my father and i think it's so powerful. Um you when you quoted Ephesians 3:20 there was one other thing. I love the King James version of this one. And your description of it is 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 spot on to me. Um where it says uh oh i'm in the wrong book. Let me go over here. Ephesians 3 verse 20 and i'm going to read the King James for this particular one. Well, you have it um God's mighty power uh I'll read the passion. I never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. It's overflowing. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power Constantly energizes you I'm going to use that one, yeah. but these words that he used here now to him now unto him that is able to do, and then the word is actually exceeding abundantly. So whatever abundantly means, he said, it's better than that. Whatever your dream of, of the most fantabulous, wonderful, miraculous uh, sensational thing is. He said, nah, it's better than that. Um, Yeah, but I'm thinking it could be this, this, and this. It's better than that. That's exceeding abundantly. It's more than that. It's greater than that. You have to add to that. It's more than double. It's more than true. I'm thinking about it as being tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. That's great. You keep on going. It exceeds whatever your expectations of his greatness are. That's our dad, but it's more so that's our uh, uh, identity and that's our capacity for greatness. That's the fulfilled word, which is bigger than whatever it was that the prophet released. (coughs) It's greater than that. It's, Again and again, I just have to say it's better than that. That's what I heard you saying, but that's what it says, and that's our identity. That's the that's why a true kingdom seeker is never satisfied with what they found thus far. But we continue to um, find ourselves. We find ourselves in this word because He's there. Because it's Him. And one more tidbit, if you would give us blessed son on sonship to tie this all up for us, please do so.
1: (laughs) You know, James chapter one says, to count it all joy in the trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And he says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Some translations will say nothing missing, nothing broken. That you would be perfect and complete. Allow yourself to go through the process and understand who you are. There is a a, Um, there is a purpose for everything that you go through and but when you understand your identity and understand who you are therein lies the power for you to get through you're not an orphan you don't have to work so much for God to love you you're not a slave you don't have to work so many times or so many things for God to love you but There is a process and and when you understand the identity, when you understand who you are, I I can't put a guarantee on so many things in life, but I can put a guarantee on when you understand who you are, your life will dramatically change. When you go through stuff, you won't go through stuff the same old way that you usually go through stuff, but your life will dramatically change When you understand who you are, we have so many people that are gifted, gifted, gifted people, but they have no understanding of who they are. You see, a worshiper without a worshiper who's gifted but doesn't understand who they are is nothing more than an entertainer or a, you know, or a whatever another word for an entertainer is. (laughs) A, a, a preacher who can, who's so gifted in communication or anything like that is nothing more. And if they don't understand who they are, their identity is nothing more than a motivational speaker. But when you understand who you are, therein lies the power, the anointing, the authority, the dominion that was given to you, that was deposited within you from the beginning. So go through the process and, and allow yourself to become a son, and then go through the process of understanding what that really means.
0: Amen. I don't want to add anything to that. He said it, go back and listen to this again, because that's the key for all of us. And I've personally received that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love when you come on and I know we're out of time. So let me uh, say this. We've been running the information below about the com- um, convergence that's happening March 23rd through 25th. It is the Love and Unity Lafayette Convergence. And you can go to love-unity.org for more information for that. I think that they may have closed it up but at least we can find out what we need to to be able to watch it online um, or hang out and go out there and see the baby room for you after all. Also want to tell you that if you want to download the app, for the Kingdom First TV, and you'll be able to watch this on the replay and carry us with you. You can go to your local app store for either your Android or your iPhone, and you'll be able to download that. Uh, again, um, you know, um, he's posted up. if you want to give into uh, this program, then you're welcome to do so. we receive those offerings. We, we like them. We're just not going to tell you that we're going up here if you don't support us, because that's not going to happen. But <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, but also, we want to say to you go to uh, again love unity.org. Um, it will, uh, website, it will also tell you about the upcoming uh, other conferences or convergences and other types of activities. You'll also be able to see some of the books that are available that are written by um, members of the senior council and other members of Loving Unity, and there's some very, very good books on there. So um, that's all that we have for today. My uh, guest next week is Pastor David Braxton, and I'm looking forward to his return visit. But I want to thank everybody for joining in today um, and make sure that you just keep uh, responding in, on the website and telling us uh, or on the, um, the chat and just letting us know how this has affected you. I want to really thank you, Pastor Joe Henry Monroy, because wisdom comes forth and I listen to you and I know that I'm listening to a son. And it is such a blessing. And it's an honor to work with you and to to be able to share this time with you. Looking for you joining us again next month. And for the rest of y'all, I will see you next week. And as you could tell, we did not sit here and just chit-chat. This was not just a conversation, baby. This is and always will be a kingdom conversation. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV, your station for Kingdom inspiration.